Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Shinavandigan, Aziz Radio Bamdad. This is Dr. Rockers. We've got a great program today. I won't be your host, but Dr. Saide Malikov Zali, who is here now, will be your host. Saide, can you take it away? Great job, Dr. Rockers. I'm happy to um, start as a second person. Thank you for starting, Dr. Rockers. I want to say a very warm hello to our Radio Bamdad listeners. Um, and I also wanted to thank the um, manager of the techni- technical department in uh, Radio Bamdad, Mr. Tahiri, who is one of the key people at Radio Bamdad. He sent me an email telling me that um, he had divided the episodes into sections and uh, by chapters, basically. And he announced that in February, we are going to start chapter seven. And this is our 60th episode. So I just wanted to let our listeners know that this is our 60th. And in February, we are in chapter seven of our conversation about the psychology in our program called Culture and Psychology. Um, So chapter seven starting today with our 60th episode and also um, hello to my friend, Dr. Rockers again, uh, who started the program. And unfortunately, Dr. Alex Andrade uh, is not here with us, he's on vacation. And we decided today um, to talk about our experience with vaccination and how um, actually we got in and what was the situation. So Dr. Rockers, uh, I know you said hello already, but do you want to start again <laughs> to say another hello? Hey, let's jump right in here. Today we're talking about the uh, COVID-19 vaccine. I think there's a lot of different things we can talk about, Side A. We can yes. talk about people who may not believe in vaccines or people who are fearful of vaccines, what some of those reasons might be. We can talk about our experience in getting the vaccine and what it means for each of us. I think those are all good things. What 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 topics were you thinking of with respect to the vaccines? Um, yeah, I mean, actually, the conspiracy that before we had talked about, we can um, again talk about that. Uh, why people go by the conspiracy? Uh, the vaccination is another conspiracy that some people have in their head that something might happen to your body and people may check everything on you, which at one point we talked about, everything is checked already. I mean, there's, I don't know why we are afraid of, you know, being checked because our medical uh, documentation, our bank accounts are, I mean, everything you can imagine, it's open. So it's today's world, it's an open, I, I guess nobody has some secret, thing going on with everything that is on the air and with networking. And I guess it's just, uh, you know, either you have to cut yourself from Facebook, Instagram, iPhone, laptop, uh, or or be online. Uh, I mean, I can't see any other way that you can be off from the public and your information is out there. So I don't know really what else are we hiding if we do have vaccination, even if it's uh, what people who have conspiracy theory and conspiracy actually believing in conspiracy have, uh, you know, so. Well, let's, um, I think it might be useful to talk a little bit about what is underneath that sort of a thing. It's an assumption, I think, it's an assumption or a belief that the government has somehow organized something that is a sinister plot or some people in the government. And to me, what? Go ahead, go ahead. Well, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> to me, it's, I think we all can see the inefficiencies and the difficulties government has in terms of putting some program together. And you name whatever program that is, whether it's Medicare, whether it's the voting or whatever, there's a lot of difficulties in putting it together. And to me, it just seems absurd to think that 
there's some organization that could be so well polished and machined, so well organized and efficient that they could do something that is a, a worldwide conspiracy to bring in all the nations on the earth, or even if it isn't worldwide, to do the whole United States. To me, that is, for some organization, if they could operate in that way, that would be a pretty big deal. They'd be running the whole show. So I have had a lot of experience in a lot of different organizations. By the time you get of any size whatsoever, the bureaucracy, Norma. Mm -hmm. And in order to get something going on, that's good luck. Good luck. I just... I just can't, con some small thing, some small group can stay organized pretty well. But when you organize a group of human beings who all have so many different views and so many different ideas and thoughts and perspectives and backgrounds and beliefs, uh, I don't, I just don't, I don't. Yeah, well, that's true because there's always someone or some people who are against something that comes out from government. I mean, just think about the small organizations. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of um, places I have worked. Um, let's say the maximum organization that I was working at, besides the students that the, if they count them, um, that would be huge. But just talking about the staff size, let's say 400, 500, but um, always there's conspiracy over the decision that the management um, has. So it's difficult to make everybody happy in everything that you do. Um, even just think about a small group of even friends get together. They want to decide to do something. Everybody says, you know, different things. So finally, somebody has to say, hey, let's just do this. You know, somebody has to just lead and um, take over and decide. Because if you want to leave it to she said this, he said this, this group said that, that group says that, nothing is going to move. But talking about, um, you know, bureaucracy, that is true. But because the budget is a different department, it has to go through different organizations. I mean, there's so many do's and don'ts that uh, makes it difficult. So I can see why people are um, having, you know, difficulty with decisions that the governments have over different issues. Here's my question: Is that is it is the the vaccination the the problem that people have with the vaccination? The ones who are not in favor of it are they thinking that the whole COVID thing has been uh, created as a ruse, or are they just saying the vaccine thing is the ruse? There are, I guess, two groups, as I hear. One group don't even believe that this exists, this COVID thing they think is made up, and they're just making this a, a big thing to come up with other issues that they want to implement. Uh, some people say there was no way they could get everybody online and everybody on internet so they can control everybody, you know, so they can, they say there's, there was no way in such a fast and quick time, they could get everybody online for communication, for work, for school, so that they can control everybody through internet. There's, oh. there's one group. The other group I hear are the ones that they say, you know, these death number that they announce is not right. And they're just making those up and they don't believe these number of death is in any way accurate. So then um, another group, they think this made up thing is because they want to put something in your body so that they can, it's like a chip type thing, um, but they can control you by that uh, vaccination. It goes to the system. And that's why they're doing it through organizations so they can have access to all your information. So kind of like the Matrix, that yeah. movie, The Matrix. So, so there are different groups. And actually, when you think about it, all different groups actually are saying the same thing, that the government wants to control over your life. And then soon um, they can just dictate you even more so. It's like fear of dictatorship. Yeah. And, um, you know, actually, I was reading a couple of journal articles about conspiracy 
theory and conspiracy that, um, you know, those that they started this, it was way back, I think, in 2003 that they started the conspiracy. And there, there are some people that they know what they're doing. They just want to, to bring people on board. So 2003, I think the first, very first time, somebody um, who actually, I think Hugh is the name of the um, secret code to get into um, confidential um, information in CIA. So, oh, the Q level clearance. Exactly, the Q, Q level. Security clearance. So okay. somebody uh, started this, and that's why the QAnon, the name comes from there. So somebody wow. started a show, a radio show, and called that the Q. So he started having some people being around that person, and then from that point, then when um, I think something about the Clintons came and um, it just it was just going on and different people got into it. Um, a lot of people got a great money collected from people who believed in those conspiracy so that they can organize their organizations. And um, we from 2003, it was just in sections every time something came up. And uh, 2016, it became really big when somebody says something about the um, child trafficking and all this stuff that, you know, is going on. So 2016, that became really strong, this issue of um, child trafficking and putting those children into different places, work or abuse them and misused, you know, um, they're um, in a work or whatever they put them in. So basically the whole idea came from there and this word Q comes from that, that that person who uh, some people name that person, but some still don't know who that person was. But off of that idea, there were a couple of people who are known who they are, and then when they collected a lot of money, they became rich. They could actually reopen their organization because um, they were bankrupt. They didn't have money to continue their shows. But then after collecting money, they could continue their shows. And um, people started questioning them where the money went. And from that point, they became divided. And some people left and didn't believe in them. And some actually were added to the group. So this is how much I know from what I read in journal articles in American Psychological Association. But the most important part from a psychology point of view that caught my eye was um, the idea of what kind of people actually go to these groups. And to me, that was the most important piece of information I was reading. People who feel like they're going to be, I think we talked about this last time too, they're going to be wiped out. People who are afraid that a group is going to come take over and they're going to put them on the side and don't even um, pay attention to them. So it goes back to their family background, the way they've been raised, uh, the authoritarian parents that they had. And um, different groups, actually, think about it. If, if a parent is authoritarian, you listen to what the person above tell you and you believe whatever they tell you. And there's another group who've been always put down, who've been always compared, who've been always, you know, abused. And those people actually all of a sudden act out and they want to show off, they want to do something crazy, they want to say, hey, you know, I'm somebody, you know. And they also, if we have a secret, then we have some power, mm -hmm. right? If I know the secret, I've got some power. And if you, I could give you some of that power by letting you know that secret. And if we understand and share that secret, now we have some. True, and also think about something else too. If I don't have answer for many questions. As long as somebody comes and tells me this is the answer, 
you know, you just want to go by that because as a human being, we are always looking for answer to unknowns. If somebody comes and tells you, here's why government is doing this, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden the light goes off and, and you just go, oh, that's why they're doing this. This is the answer. Right. And if a few things fit, you're like, oh, yeah. And I noticed this, too, because I think a lot of those say, hey, did you ever notice blah, blah, blah? Do you ever notice this always happens at this point? And OK, and this is actually this point here is a great time for us to talk about the importance of science and what science is. It's because in the dark ages, a lot of times people believed in superstitions and science came about because they said, you know what, sometimes our opinions or things we see or think we see aren't really the case. And so what we want to do is start measuring and recording responses and instances. So we measure it. And that's what science, how science came from. Let's actually measure the times when we have a total eclipse. Let's measure the moon's phases and stuff like that. And then we begin to realize, oh, those were beliefs we had, but that wasn't really the case. So science, and this also, this increase in conspiracy theory thought also correlates with kind of the downplaying of science recently. It's like, no, science actually is very important. When Trump said, actually, I think science doesn't really know, he was so far off base, he didn't really get it. Because if you think about all the things that science is involved in, and let's start with things like measurement and mathematics, all the way up to rockets to the moon, the internet and computers, all and chemistry and all of that stuff, vaccinations, drugs and things like that, that's all science. So to say, I don't think science knows, uh, actually they may not, they don't know a lot of things. Science doesn't know a lot of things but it's a lot more than superstition. And it get, it's why we're here, right? Our, our life expectancy is a lot longer because we do have science. We know things like washing off germs is helpful. So I, I just, that just is such a ridiculous statement to me, as science doesn't know. Well, you think you know better? Probably not. What's your, how much have you studied? It's just to me, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, well, I wanna, um... Should, should we give a break and then better take a break yeah yeah so شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من و همکارم دکتر راکرز امروز در خدمتون هستیم همکار دیگرمون دکتر اندرادی امروز برای یک هفته رفتن مرخصی و با ما نیستن ما امروز در مورد مسئله واکسن و اینکه تئوری هایی که مخالف اون هستن صحبت میکنیم ضمناً خدمتون بگم که آقای تاهری عزیز در رادیو بامداد که ایشون مسئول کارهای تکنیکال هستن به من اطلاع دادن که امروز در ماه فوریه ما شستومین به اصطلاح قسمت صحبت هامونو داریم انجام میدیم و فصل های مختلفی درست کردن ما در فصل هفتم و اپیزود شست هستیم برمیگردیم و در خدمتون هستیم و اگه صدای ما رو به زبان فارسی میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از رادیو بامداد به زبان انگلیسی مسائل روانشناسی رو و فرهنگی رو راجب صحبت میکنیم After the break, and we are continuing our conversation about the vaccination, the conspiracy theory, the conspiracy, and people who follow the conspiracy. Um, you know, you talked about science, and I just wanted to um, say that 
you know, whatever we say and the facts that we talk about, people who don't believe, they argue against it. I was watching uh, the news and it was a clip that they were showing about a reporter who was talking to one of the people who actually, as far as I understood, a group of people in San Francisco, they walk into Bloomingsdale without masks and people in front, they keep saying, you can't come in without a mask. They argue and they say, this is my life. I don't want to wear a mask. And this is the conspiracy about the virus. And you want me to wear a mask. I'm not going to do that. And they were a large group. So they actually made the news that day. So what I was watching was the reporter who was talking to one of these people who had walked into Bloomingsdale and they were arguing with people. And then I think police had to come. So it was a big deal and it was a couple of days ago. So the reporter was saying, hey, ma'am, in what she was talking to one of the young people. She says, let's have a conversation. Why do you think wearing mask is um, something that you don't want to do in public where you know this virus is. You won't believe what she said. She says, wearing masks creates some gum diseases and wearing masks causes a lot of issues on your skin and uh, in your mouth that you're making me to wear mask and then cause all these problems. She says, let's talk about this. Who had told you what backup do you have about this? She was just going on and on and obviously very aggressive. And she says, let's talk about science. Does science approve that? Because I don't believe in your science. Your science is your science. So it was there was a lot of back and forth. And she was just talking about vaccination. And there's so many people, they haven't been vaccinated. We all have to wear masks until at least 70, 80% of people are masked. And she was just arguing the whole time about this is this is just a made up thing. And, and the reporter was saying, you know, we have over 400,000 deaths because of this vaccine, because of this um, um, uh, virus. And the person who was arguing was saying, you are saying that. I don't believe in any of that. And she goes, well, maybe you don't have any family member or close member, but don't you see that so many people have family members who have passed away, so many people who are dealing with this virus? She goes, no, I don't believe in any of that because these are all made up. It was, it was really there that I thought, you know, there's no way you can change some of these people's mind. They believe in that. Mm, yeah, I think that you can't change. It's hard to change a mass of people, a mass of a group, a bunch, all of this is, but this whole thing is not, this phenomenon is not new. We saw it in the medical profession early on some time ago. I don't know when it was, maybe around the 1900s when they weren't washing their hands between procedures. And a lot of, if you read those accounts, there were a lot of physicians that pushed back pretty hard. Like, you know, it's the, you don't get it. You don't understand. We know we got it. But somebody was doing that. Same thing has happened in Africa with the Ebola virus and getting the vaccinations for Ebola virus. People were very suspicious. It's no, you're trying to control or it's a conspiracy. To me, it seems to come back a lot to the idea of control, power, importance. Everybody wants to feel important and valued, I think. And probably for many people, this is a way to feel important or valued. I've got a secret or I know something other people don't know. It's an interesting, I think it's a very interesting phenomenon of human consciousness. And if we're not careful, it's really easy to get caught up in the judgment. Like before we went to break, I probably sound pretty judgmental about Trump. The reality is that, you know, people have belief systems and if we want to all grow together, then we have to work to understand each other's belief systems with less judgment about it. You know, like I can look back and say, yeah, I was um, kind of harsh there in terms of Trump. And I'm not really that impressed with the guy, but it's interesting to, can we learn how the other side thinks? And can we do so without judging them? Because to me, the reality is somebody like people, 
all the people involved, all the people living on this earth, really, we all want a lot of the same things. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. We want to feel like we are important. We want to feel like we matter. Those are all important. Those are universals across cultures. Human beings want to have that. doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what age you are. doesn't matter what gender you might pick or choose or be. We all have these very fundamental needs. Those psychological needs, those are critical things. We all have to have those. So how can, and really it does come back to this thing. How can we all get along? I guess that's why we're doing this culture and psychology series, right? We want to look at well, how can we all come together and move forward? Maybe in, in some of our explorations here, we can help um, bring this forward a little bit. I think it's not realistic to think, oh, I'm going to change the world or we're going to change the world or any one person is going to change the world in that way. And it's all going to be one happy family. That's a very big undertaking. And the way we have to think about it is in these smaller steps, these smaller gradations of how can we move forward? How can we help each other move forward in some way? Sure. But also when you have a leader who is guiding you and he's very strong and um, just guides you towards what he or she thinks, then people tend to move towards that, um, you know, theory or um, decision making or idea. And I think in, as you were talking about our nature, by nature, we tend to want to have a leader, you know, especially when it comes to community, when it comes to larger uh, societies, um, people tend to go by the leader who leads. And then the characteristics of the leader it's really something that I think the most important thing for me as a person is looking at whether this person is um, honest, uh, has integrity. Uh, I mean, those great qualities and values that a person has. But then when you know that a leader constantly lies you have, um, you know, you have uh, really reason to um, just say this is this is not true. This is, and and a lot of people are bringing reasons that this was a lie. Then you just question that. It's not judgment because I'm going to go back to what you said and you thought you were harsh, but um, you know specifically, and even in the history when we read some of the leaders that how great they were, how honest they were, how um, they wanted the best for the people. But sometimes you also read in the history how a person just wants everything for himself or his family and not thinking about the uh, farewell of other people. You know what I mean? So that's the part that gets to a, you know, questionable uh, issue um, as someone who, as people who really are into facts people who are into um, real stuff and science, uh, that's when these arguments happens. And then when you see a bunch of people are following that leader that you know for a fact that most of the things he says or she says is not true, you just really wonder why people are believing in that. Why people, is it because they're tired of the government they're tired of all these, um, you know, boxes that we've been in. They don't want to just hear any more of that. And a person who has broken all these boxes that we were in, so all of a sudden they think, oh, this is where we want to go because we don't want to be in these boxes that we've been for years in the history. I think that is true. There's, it's, it's probably, that makes sense to me what you're saying. It's probably people have gotten tired of this being a certain way. And it's like, I don't just blow it up. However, you need to do that. Let's just get it. Let's just get it cleared out so we can get back on track. I think that that is true. Right. So let's have another break and come back to continue our conversation. Uh, Dr. Rakers, 
تئوری به اصطلاح کانسپرسی یعنی یه چیزی که حقیقت نداره ولی مردم بهش باور دارن صحبت میکنیم مخصوصا در مورد واکسن و امروز همکار دیگرمون دکتر اندراده همراهمون نیست ولی میخواستم بگم که آقای تاهری عزیز که مسئول تکنیکال دیپارتمنت رادیو بامداد هستن به من اطلاع دادن که ما برنامهمون برنامه شستم از فصل هفتم هست و ایشون فصل بندی کردن برنامه ها رو ما خوشحالیم که این اپیزود شستمی هستش که باتون در مورد روانشناسی و فرهنگ صحبت میکنیم و امروز ما به زبان انگلیسی چون شنبه است و شنبه ها و یه شنبه ها به زبان انگلیسی صحبت میکنیم اگر کسانی هستن که از این برنامه به زبان انگلیسی استفاده میکنن خواهش میکنم ازشون دعوت کنین که به برنامه ما توجه داشته باشن برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو با دکتر راکرز ادامه میدیم with Dr. Rockers and we are continuing our conversation about vaccination, conspiracy theory, um, what is happening in our society and um, Dr. Rockers you talked about science and we talked about human nature. Um, we, um, we like to also talk about vaccination. I don't know if you have after all this conversation have you been vaccinated? I have gotten the vaccine. There I was. Now I'm, now I'm not on mute. I did. I got the vaccine a couple weeks ago. I went locally because as a healthcare provider, got the first shot of the vaccine. It was pretty straightforward. Drive up, you know, get checked at several checkpoints and then pull into the bay and they check your IDs and get the shot in the arm. So how was uh, the experience with vaccine? Did you have any side effects? Uh, was it okay? It was interesting. I They have you wait like 10 minutes, 15 minutes afterwards and check and see if you have anaphylactic shock, if you have some sort of a reaction to what's in the vaccine. And I didn't have anything there. I asked the person who was working there. I said, have you seen anybody Have you had anybody here? And they said, we've had like 300 people come through for vaccines so far, and we haven't seen any at all. So nothing there. Later that day, I could tell my muscle was sore, which that's what they said. This is what happens. And then later that day, I could also feel at different points, different painful feelings in some of my joints, like just kind of passing through that kind of achy joint, achy feeling you sometimes get if you have a fever. And I suspect it was my body building up the antibodies to that so i interpreted that as the good sign it wasn't and i i didn't have any big bad severe feelings the muscle soreness went away after two days and that's really that's pretty much it i haven't had any i talked with uh, someone who was in one of the trials like not the actual vaccine but back when they were testing it And he, it was a double-blind trial. So in a double-blind trial, as you know, that one group, neither group knows whether they're getting the vaccine or the control. And he told me, he said, you know, I really think I was in the actual vaccine group because he had a pretty strong response. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something that he needed to go to the hospital, but he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I got the vaccine. How was, how was he? I mean, did he describe what was the issue? I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was more, he's actually, I do remember. He said it was just like when you get a fever or when you get the flu, Mm -hmm. like that. 
sort of. And what I've also heard too is that the second, the first shot is you have some moderate symptoms. The second shot is where you can expect to have some more significant symptoms. Have you heard that also? Yes, I've heard the first one, um, you don't have much of anything, but the second one is you, majority of people, they say that they, you may have fever, but one person who had the second one, I uh, heard, not directly talking to her, but her daughter was telling me that her mom is um, working in the hospital. She had the second one and she said she took two Advils um, before because she knew and had heard that um, there are some effects after the second one. And uh, she actually went through um, pretty good, you know, so she was uh, ahead. And before she gets the second one, immediately she had taken to Advil. So I guess you have to be prepared because everybody says the second one, you may have fever, you may just be in bed, um, you know, so second one is more serious. Um, but um, I also, as a health provider, got my first vaccine. And oh. yeah, so my tell, experience- tell, tell us about it. Yeah, my experience was actually, um, to be very honest with you, um, you know, you hear all these things and then now this is the Corona vaccine. You have something in your head that what's going to happen now. So, um, you know, um, I was actually happy that I can get one. Um, but then afterwards, as you said, they keep you 15 minutes to make sure they put a timer on your car and make sure that you are there for 15 minutes and then you're okay. So as you said, I also talked to a couple of people um, because they're young, I guess, people from army that they're working there and they come and talk to you to get you busy and make sure you're okay. And also the 15 minutes wait is not as painful. So they start having conversation with you. So one of them, actually there was a young um, girl who was young woman who was talking um, um, with me and I asked, I said, you know, why do you keep 15 minutes? Is it like, do you have, have you seen anybody who has issues? She goes, no, so far I haven't any. But then as you move, other people come and talk to you. And there was a young um, gentleman who came and talked to me and, and he said, oh, you still have five more minutes. And I said, um, have you seen anybody having difficulty after vaccination. He said just a few people that was more psychological. So they thought something has happened, but actually it was, uh, you know, psychological. So that was very interesting to me. After he said that, I thought that is, that can happen. If psychologically you're thinking something is happening to you, you may build up that thought that oh my gosh, now my heart is, is, uh, is racing now, you know, I have anxiety, something happened, something went to my body. And the way he was describing was that. So that was interesting. I have a great story about that, that for myself, I went at a colonoscopy, this was probably 15 years ago. And because I have type one diabetes, I have to watch my blood sugar. And before the colonoscopy, you don't eat for whatever and at that point, I, so I didn't eat before it. And I go into a check-in and at the nurse's station, I said, well, I might need something because my sugar's going low. So they said, I said, I can go get a soda. They said, no, 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 no. Um, we will put an IV in your arm and we'll put glucose into your vein. I said, okay, that's great. So they sit me down and the nurse, you know how they're poking the needle into the vein. So she pokes the needle into the vein and then tapes it up. And I could see the bag hanging up there and nothing was happening. It wasn't dripping in. So when she comes back by, I said, hey, I don't think that bag is dripping in. And so she goes over and she looks at where the needle was inserted into the vein and she starts pressing on it. She starts pressing on where the needle was in the vein. And I could feel that tip of the needle as she pressed in. And I didn't say anything because I... You know, I'm a little more let people do their profession. And it happened again. And she was pressing on it and pressing around. I was like, damn, that hurts. And I can just imagine that the needle pushing through the other side of the vein. And I didn't want that to happen. So I made up my mind. I said, next time she comes back, I'm going to tell her, I don't think anything's happening. And don't be doing that because I can feel that needle. 
and she did. She came back and she started pressing again. I stopped her and I said, hey, don't be doing that. And she says, there's no needle in there. She says, I pulled that needle out with the, and all it's left is this flexible catheter. And as soon as she said that and I realized it, that pain went away. Wow. It was gone. But I really felt that needle poking and cutting. And is that amazing? That is amazing. How that, you was, that was a real, that was instructive to me as a psychologist. Like, that's the power of our money. Yes, it is. And it's amazing. We well, they're, they're, um, they're actually now talking about this. There's a group who are uh, getting together to take a big test. And one of the things they talk about is the mindset that you have about the test. Because big tests, if you say, I'm not going to pass, I'm not really um, thinking that I can ever do this. They talk about the mindset and how you have to give yourself that power that you're confident you're going to pass, you can do it. And they constantly talk about that. And there are actually psychologists who work with different groups to tell them, for example, if they're taking the bar exam, if they're taking SAT exam, they just work on the mindset to say, you see yourself there that you have received this score. Think about it, imagine it, walk with it, put the sign everywhere around you that yes, you can, yes, you can, you have the confidence that you know you you can do this. So I think now as psychologists, we have experienced it ourselves. Now look at you, you as a psychologist even experienced that that how our mind works. Talking about this, this weekend we were in Tahoe and it was cold because, um, you know, sometimes you don't want to put a heavy coat. I took the coat in the car. I walked out. It was freezing cold. But honestly, I told myself, I said, I'm going to see this if this works. And I started telling myself, no, it's not cold and I'm okay. My hands were really cold. But I kept saying, I don't need my jacket. I'm fine. And I could do that the whole time. And it was amazing. Because sometimes, you know, as psychologists, we want to try ourselves to see if this works or not. And I, I, and believe me, it did work. And I was amazed. I started, of course, walking, you know, dancing, you know, moving around, of course, you know, because sometimes, you know, you can't kid yourself, but it wasn't to the point that now that I'm away from car, I rush and go back and get my jacket. But the mindset is amazing. So think about this mindset that now talking about vaccinations, conspiracy theory, they're putting something in your body to check on you. If you believe in that, it just becomes your belief system that this is true and this is going to happen to me. So now talking about this, the other way around could be also true that if you start putting something in your mind, uh, imagine if you say, you know, it's cold, it's cold, and all of a sudden you start feeling it. And, um, you know, these um, mystic people who believe in mysticism, um, I know there's a very famous person in um, Russia is, I mean, his name is Gorgiev, and he actually has clips and I have watched one of his clips that he takes a bunch of people in Sibri, who is, which is the coldest place in North Pole. And he puts these people with their just t-shirt in those freezing cold in North Pole. And he tells them, he talks to them, like four very heavy set people, very strong people standing in that freezing cold. And he says, now you are sweating. And they start thinking that they're sweating. They're sweating. They get to a point, I saw that clip. They take their t-shirt, they start, you know, pressing the t-shirt with their sweat coming out of the t-shirt. So the mindset, it's amazing. I don't know how they get to that extreme point, 
But if you practice your mind, and we hear so many different things about this mindset with different group of people who believe in different things, that it happens and it's not, you know, imagination. It really, truly happens. Or I have watched a clip that people walk barefooted on fire um, and nothing happens to them. How this happens, you don't, you can't even imagine but I've seen the real situation and I've seen the person who has done this and talks about it. Someone live who has witnessed that and showed us the video walking on, on a fire uh, with barefoot. Um, so things happen and, and the work of mind is amazing. Yeah, it's incredibly powerful. That's true. Yeah, um, our colleague... Amy, she talked about that, doing the fire walk. She said she's done it several times and she got burned one time and she knew exactly what happened when she got burned. She said she'd done it a number of times and the one time she got burned was when she lost her concentration. Amazing. She said her mind went to something else and she was thinking about something else and that's when she got burned. I mean, she was very clear about that. Amazing. So the power of mind, we constantly talk about that, can get you out of depression, can get you out of anxiety, can get you out of any distorted thinking. Can and motivate you. Yeah, that's the work we do and constantly uh, talk about it. But uh, it's not easy for uh, everyone. You have to have a strong belief in the power of your mind and don't give in. You know, so let's have another short break and come back to finalize our conversation and summarize our conversation. back with Dr. Rockers uh, and we are um, actually finalizing and summarizing our conversation so far we've been talking about different things especially the conspiracy theory about vaccination about um, the power of mind about our experience with vaccination and now we are back and we are ending our program with our last uh, statements I will jump in here's what I will say is Science is a way of verifying things, and superstition is beliefs or thoughts which generally are not verified. So what I'm saying is science is very good. Science has come about for a reason, and we want to pay attention to the science in there. Not everything that pretends to be science is science. So if you're looking up stuff on the vaccine, covid the best place to go is the CDC website or major university hospital website. Those are things you can trust. And you look around and you find what are all of them saying, then you'll know that's probably what's real. And because we talked about mindset, I want to just mention to our listeners that believing in yourself, believe in your strength and know you can do whatever you want to do. So just know that uh, seeing yourself, telling yourself that you can and you have confidence to do it, it really brings so much strength into your mind. And we know that our mind actually is leading our body as well. So it is so important when you get up from your bed in the morning, if you feel, you know, just not um, there to have a power of doing things you want to do, just tell yourself right there, right at that moment that, yes, I can. I am confident that I can. I need to motivate myself. I need to get on to whatever is in my mind to do. And yes, you can do it. You have to just believe in yourself. And this is my statement about the power of mind. And uh, last thing in Farsi, شنوندگان عزیز اگر که صدای ما رو از رادیو بامداد میشنوین 
ما روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه از ساعت دوازت هایی که بعد از ظهر در خدمتون هستیم برنامه رو پایان میدیم و فردا بار دیگه با دکتر راکرز در خدمتون هستیم روز خوشی رو براتون آرزو میکنیم بارون که رفتی شبم زیر و رو شد یه بغزه شکسته افیقه گلو شد تو بارون که رفتی دل باغ چه پشمرد تمام وجودم توی آین خط خورد هنوز وقتی بارون تو کوچه میباره دلم بست داره دلم بیقراره نه شب آشقانه نه رویا قشنگه دلم بی تو خونه دلم بی تو تنگه شب زیر بارون که چشمم به راهه میبینم که کوچه پر نور ماهه تو ماهه منی که تو بارون رسیدی امید منی تو شب ناامیدی تو بارون که رفتی شبم زیر و رو شد یه بغزه شکسته افیقه گلو شد تو بارون که رفتی دل باغ چه پجمرد تمام وجودم توی آین خطفان هنوز وقتی بارون کوچه میباره دلم قصد داره دلم بیقراره نه شب آشقانه نه رویا قشنگه دلم بی تو خونه دلم بی تو تنگه شب زیر بارون که چشمم به راهه میبینم که کوچه پر نور ماهه تو ماهه منی که تو بارون رسیدی امید منی تو شب ناامیدی